Welcome to the F3 American Yammer podcast, where we give the men of F3 a chance to tell their story as they've transitioned from sad clown to high impact man. I'm Short Circuit, and each week I'll be joined by another member of F3 who is willing to step up and share his story. So, without further ado, here's today's show. All right, guys, welcome back to uh, episode four of F3 American Yammer. I am your host, Short Circuit. And today, um, I'm excited about today's episode. I am I am joined by one of Natville's very own uh, Clydesdales, little Sebastian himself, uh, Slumlord. So, Slumlord, welcome welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I have a brand new hope since this is episode four. <laughs> <laughs> is that what Wars. you were looking it up? It was a little Star okay. Wars reference. No, that's I did good. look it up on that's my computer. Good. We oh, were sitting good. in my yeah, we Chamber were, of we're... Power, also known as my office at City Hall. Emperor Palpatine's office. Yeah, Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing yeah, there's nothing wrong with the Jedi Order. Anyway. So um before we get started, I did want to go ahead and share um just a quick story. Um because th- this has been sitting on my heart for a little bit. So and and this actually deals with you. And that is, so at my first workout, all right, uh, for those of you who were not there, at my first workout, Slumlord was there. He was there. And towards the tail end of it, I am just, I'm whipped. I'm getting ready to throw up everywhere. And I am having to slog it up this hill. And it's, it, for, for those of you who have been at the crater, it's not very big. But I am just dying up this hill. Slummy circles back and picks up the six, which is obviously me. And comes up and says, the only thing between you and you is you. That's right. <laughs> what do I mean? Any famous sayings <laughs> that don't make any sense. <laughs> and that just stuck with me. As, I just remember the time thinking like, oh, that's so stupid. Leave me alone. I'm about to throw up here. Um, but it, it, it's obviously stuck with me. And, and so I, I greatly appreciate that and greatly um, have enjoyed getting getting to know you and enjoying your your fellowship over over this past year. So so thank you. Absolutely, that was um, a Yogi Berra moment. <laughs> uh, Yogiisms, whatever they call them. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I have my own version of those, but I have about a gabillion Yogiisms. <laughs> if you spent at least, if you've wasted fifteen minutes of your life around me, you've probably heard at least seventeen of them. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's let's jump right in. Um, so name Arama. Name Arama. Name Arama. Name. No, 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 not how did you get it. We'll get there. Name, age, F3 name. So it's Alan Hunt, 46. Mm -hmm. I had to remind you of that recently. Yes. Slumlord. Slumlord. Excellent. All right. So um, how long have you been coming out to F3? This uh, month, I think, actually, this month or next month marks my third year third year okay yeah i can't believe it times time flies when you're having fun or suffering either one <laughs> or doesn't not when you're suffering actually. it seems to drag yeah yeah this so, workout's only been 10 minutes in i was eh'd uh you know headlock whatever um it was a long time long time long time wow uh, dr mark <laughs> Dr. Mark. He's got lots of names. Yeah. Not all for public consumption. Now I'm going to have to force him because I talked to him about it this morning. I said, Slummy's on the podcast. And he was like, well, tell me about the podcast. Have you not listened? He, no, I haven't. All right. He, now you have yeah, to. He he used to go to church with me back in the day. And so he harassed me, harangued me on and off for a period of months. Mm-hmm. 
until one day I just decided to take him up on it, you know, show up. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, what happens? He wasn't there. No. Oh. That's, the that's the best way. Oh, consult the lexicon. <laughs> There's a term for that, right? Yeah, there is. There is a term. But, you know, in, in government world, we call it the government shuffle. <laughs> defer, defer, defer. I think I need to refer you to or defer, you know, what you're really doing is deferring, but, you know. That I'm good at that, so I've been well trained. Okay, you know. so so you've been coming out for three years, mm-hmm. long time EHU, and, and we'll we'll bring up uh, we'll bring up him. What is what does a normal week look like for you regarding posts? You know, if if a guy wanted to be able to find you in the gloom, where where would he have to go? Well, I mean, I, I, like many people, I'm a creature of habit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Periodically, I do uh, what I call the you know a gloom tour. Mm-hmm. A gloom tour is like I do this on my own. I don't like make an announcement of it, but you will find me in every place where people are trying to hide from me. Uh, somebody was commenting this morning. So at, all the AOs, at the Murph, right? yeah, at the Murph. Uh, some some yeah, TPS and some other people were commenting like about how I had um, fractured or something. I don't know. I bruised NXS's ribs when I carried them. Okay, and so. You know, he's in excess. Apparently, he's been hiding from me in all the places I don't go, which is you know, like Cadet Lab, downtown AOs, like local Honey, and yeah. anywhere. Like basically, he tries to stay in the far north. Mm. You know, where people like me who are afraid of the woods and small wooden creatures <laughs> won't go. And so he uh, apparently, yeah, but uh, he's like two hundred eighty pounds, and and literally, and I was running with him. And bouncing him on my shoulder instead of carrying him like, you know, like a little child. You carry a little child piggyback. Yeah, I yeah. carried him, you know, fireman style. And uh, he, he loved it and obviously didn't love it um, afterwards because he started immediately complaining about his rib. And I was like, man, you need to suck it up, Sally. But uh, <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, so I kind of was like, okay, you know, you're moving a little slower right now. Mm-hmm. And then I, I found out a couple days later that apparently he was um, on the injured reserve for about a week uh, after that episode. Uh, so anyway, so that's that's so what I as part of that ongoing tour that was at sad sad clown killer. Mm-hmm. And part of that, I def I definitely have this thing where I kind of have my series of like extra credits that I do. I do usually about two to three extra credit events mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call them they're sure. becoming almost like aos in themselves yeah, yeah. um and so on mondays you know typically going to be you know a quaker tuesday at fence line uh wednesday is kind of a mixed bag at the hump thursday is almost almost without fail i'm going to be at the murph mm-hmm. and then fridays at the lunatic fringe yeah now as part of this gloom tour, this private tour I do, I will intentionally insert. Do you take you people know, on these private yeah, tours? <laughs> I should, um, and, I, and I'll go. Yeah, with yeah, except there's no captain um, <laughs> and no Gilligan. There's, just, there's no Gilligan and definitely no Ginger, um, and so I will just go out and I'll be intentional because I'm trying to be intentional about. I try to incorporate, you know, extra runs. I do an extra full credit, you know, full. Murph mm-hmm. um, on Tuesday mornings ahead of fence line. So you meet, you know, some guys will come out. I think you've been out. Have you been out? I don't know. Oh, you should come out. Um, and so there's like about five or six of them that will regularly rotate with me out there okay. at a time. And so we'll get out there about 444. Mm-hmm. 
you know, there's there's something about being out in 20 degree weather and it's quarter to five in the morning and you and two or three other guys are just doing, you know, pull up after pull up, yeah. you know, okay. with, with no, with no fanfare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. So, so you've got your, your tour, but on the whole, you tend to stick more towards some of the extra credit activities. Yeah. Um, like the Murph yeah. on Tuesday, the run-ins from either Quaker or Green Joe's. Yeah, the boot camp style stuff. Um, but now recently, I've been incorporating, you know, a lot more uh, back getting back to the heavyweights two days a week, mm-hmm. trying to whether that means bringing bringing stuff to AOs or or when I'm weeding, trying to incorporate coupons or you know mm-hmm. sort of weighted objects into the workouts. Yeah. I think that's become sort of part of my signature. To oops, time to go. No, okay, yep. um, we're all done here. Yeah, we're all done. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of the thing I like to do. Uh, people don't like heavy objects because what are they what are heavy objects right weight and uh, people want to just have the easy route but i think uh when you add something something really uncomfortable to something that you think you're already good at it just puts a little shift oh yeah yeah very true yeah. Yeah. all right so well good now we know now we know where to find you and it's not really us finding you it's it's more you finding you finding us Slummy has a very unique set of skills. Yeah, well, skills I mean, that have made him have made him a terror. It's hard to, I mean, just like so many people, you know, I wear my suburban camouflage, mm-hmm. and it's not. I try not to be noticed, uh, but of course, being the attention junkie that I can be, you know, I want to be noticed. Uh, you know, so no matter how, you know, no matter how many of the right brands I wear, workout brands I wear, and no matter how, you know. Uh, as much as I stay inside the pack, I, I, I think I've always been that person that sort of has a tendency to stick out a little bit. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. All right. So let's um. So let's dive in really to the meat and potatoes of this. Uh, sure. Let's let's talk about let's talk about life before F three. Sure. So start with the, the the first F. Right. Tell me about your your fitness before F three. Now I know you came from kind of the the CrossFit background. So I don't imagine that you were too terribly out of shape. Um, no. But, but tell me tell me about where you were before that. Well, you know, the CrossFit thing, that's an interesting episode of my life. Um, about 18 months of my life was doing the CrossFit thing. Um, you know, the CrossFit is, you know, where bad form is the norm. Uh, you know, just You can kip everything. I can kip I can kip the hell out of something. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I kip even while eating my cereal. It's kinda like I kinda do this weird pop thing. Get a hop. See, see, get them Cheerios like, in. What in the world, you know? Um, so yeah. So I, I was in that world because I actually had lost my job. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend who was kind of like, a, I think he's like a manager. He's definitely one of the like CF1, which is like CrossFit world stuff where it's like a CF1 is like a CrossFit coach designation and sure. they have different levels, whatever. Depends on how much money you want to spend with them. Mm-hmm. That's a joke. <laughs> um, so, you know, if you can buy your, buy your, buy your privilege. Um, so anyway, so he uh, was a great guy and he had hurt you know i was friends with him and doing different church stuff with him like going and whatever helping out in the community and he he i told him that i'd lost my job and and i was like had to cancel my gym membership and stuff like that you know because we were trying to like you know batten down the hatches we don't know how long this is going to last all that stuff 
And so when things weren't looking brighter, mm. though, you know, even though with my expansive network, professional network, I still wasn't looking that great. And he just uh, talked to the owner who was who his friend um, at this local CrossFit box. And uh, they gave me a free membership as long as I would sweep the floors once in a while. And period of time when I got into powerlifting. Okay. Period of time, you know, when, I, when high school, you know, before Jerry Garcia got in the way, um, you know, I was a cross, you know, cross country runner, and okay. track runner, and a varsity pole vaulter. Pole vaulter. A lot of people wow. know that. It was I, all the new things. Yeah, it was really great, and um, you know, I don't know. So I had a variety of athletic influences. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I often, you know, you always you can't live in regret. Mm-hmm. But I think like many people, uh, you know, you kind of go back and go, gosh, I wish I had done, you know, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And I would say if it, one of the things, if I could have changed, and who knows, you know, what that means. If I could have changed, would I be a similar person or same person, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I wish I could have stuck with the cross country, stuck with the track. Because mm-hmm. um, I was an eight, you know, 800 meter, you know, runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, prime, that was my prime distance. A miler, you know, one mile, 800. I did the 800, one mile, and then the pole vaulting. And, you know, I'd run with some people that became pretty famous runners. Mm-hmm. Um, the high school I went to in New Jersey produced a lot of great runners over the years, famous runners. Mm-hmm. And so it was a culture of that. Mm-hmm. And there was definitely something about that sort of hardcore, like Furman, you mm-hmm. know, like the Furman running clinics and stuff like that, okay. like that kind of level Ohio running, you know, Oregon running you know, Oregon State, you know, like that, that running culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very similar to that, but of course on a high school level. Yeah. But yeah, and so there's, you know, part of me that like, looks back and I go, gosh darn it, gee Wilkers, <laughs> you know, why didn't I do that? So, you know, there was a lot, there was a lot going on, um, on it's, and off. It sounds like you had a lot of, I mean, pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down. But in general, lots of athletic athleticism you'd say in your background i would say so and uh you, you know i i was also you know a tremendous dancer <laughs> no his prancer That's size is fantastic my, i would uh, i not <laughs> i say that obviously tongue-in-cheek there um you know back in the day when i was a, a ute as a, they would say ute? where i'm from they call them utes mm-hmm. uh here they call them young folks <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I'd go out to, I'd go out clubbing. Oh. You know, that's how we oh, do. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, back in the day, you know, when Jerry Garcia died on August 8th in 1995. You've got that date committed to memory. Oh, yeah. My goodness. I mean, I was really, like, in it to win it. My brother had uh, toured with the dead wow. um, with the Rainbow Collective, which is like, if you know anything about Grateful Dead culture, it's like, there's these two or three original sort of bands of individuals, these sort of like mm-hmm. hippie roving caravans. Um, and the Rainbow sort of group was like the second or first or second, third, whatever um, group. They sort of like literally went around with them for, I mean, I'm talking about for a decade mm-hmm. or more. And my brother, my second oldest brother, he was huge deadhead, still is. And, uh, yeah, so he had a lot of, you know, obviously influence. I, at one point, lived with him up in Vermont. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents were like, hey, my son's having trouble. 
Let me go send him over to Vermont mm -hmm. to live with his hippie brother. <laughs> Nothing could go wrong there. <laughs> so, you know, there's a little background information right yeah, there. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. Okay, so... So we know a little bit more about your Grateful Deadish background. We know about your fitness. Tell me about your fellowship. What was your fellowship like before F three? Obviously, you knew um, you knew long time. I'm, I don't imagine yeah. you didn't have other friends, but I mean, just like all, I would just say it the way it is. You know, I mean, I feel like I've always been sort of a social person, mm -hmm. but I think, I mean, I don't know. Maybe other people are different. I because I'd moved around a lot. You know, I moved multiple. I lived in multiple states. Uh, you know, it's hard to keep up with folks or, you know, you have to be super intentional, yeah, yeah. especially if you move away from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I've been in Greensboro with the exception of a couple of years of college in a different state. Um, but I've been back in Greensboro. Oh, my goodness. I'm 46. <laughs> so <laughs> that's right. 22 and a half years, almost 23 years. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, so I have a lot of roots here and I know a lot of folks, but honestly, my fellowship level, you know, and I, I had been connected to a couple of different churches, some good experiences, some terrible experiences. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, large, largely my, my friends were kind of sort of connected or outgrowth from those, you know, whatever uh, faith relationships, mm -hmm. you know, faith, faith environments. And uh, so I don't know, man. I'll be honest with you. Like, I think I was my friendship. I had some serious betrayals from folks. Folks that just sort of like had either like decided faith or li a faith life was not a life at all mm -hmm. and embraced atheism, which is the irony because I was an atheist mm -hmm. and had become a believer. You know, I'll just say it if it's okay for this yeah, or yeah, not. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you know, become a Christian you know, or a believer in Christ or whatever you want to call it um, out of about 11 years of atheism. Mm -hmm. You know, of, uh, and I say atheism, I mean functional atheism. Like, I, I don't know. I guess there are some people that are like genuinely, I don't believe in flying spaghetti monsters or, you know, um, three legged unicorns. I, you know, I don't believe in those things. Yeah. Um, and then there's like, I guess, what I've, and having been around a lot of atheists, having been part of that community. I think there's a lot of people who are just genuinely agnostics. Yeah. Like they just don't know, like they just haven't, they haven't settled in their belief. But at this current moment, they're kind of like, well, I'm not seeing anything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I haven't seen anybody walk in the water in a while or anything like that. Um, and, and so that, I, I get that. And so like, I think out of um, the sort of broken relationships, I was kind of like being funneled. Okay. Towards like an F3 environment. Okay. You know, I had, like I said, I had held on to some of these friendships over the years, but they were starting to like, you know, without the common activity, mm -hmm. you know, they were fading out. Some of these yep. guys were fading out. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe, I don't think. Kind of the legacy friendship that's, yeah, just doesn't yeah. have any sort of bond well, to it. I was always, and my wife is very similar to this, you know, we're go-toers. Mm -hmm. Hardly, you know, and I don't know if that means that we're unlikable human beings in general, but, <laughs> um, but, you know, it was a struggle because. You know that's a frustrating place to be. Yeah, like I was that I'm that way with my family for years and years and years. I'd be going up, going out. You know, most of my family's in the Northeast. I have family in Chicago and China and a bunch of places, and so I literally have to go to those places. Yeah, they would be very rare. I mean, in fact, I can name two or three times where they actually have foot step foot in North Carolina. Mm. That's a little frustrating. Oh yeah, and I think you know, and in my friendships, it was a lot of the same way. 
Mm-hmm. So my fellowship, whatever you want to call it, it was a lot of going to. Mm-hmm. And, and I honestly, you know, in some level, I mean, that's a good thing. Some levels, it's a frustrating thing. It becomes frustrating when it's out of my own bat. I, I say I'm when I'm running off my own batteries mm-hmm. versus when I'm doing things and I'm running off God's batteries. It's a different resource. One is very easily exhausted, mm-hmm. um, and I will pretend really hard that I'm not exhausted until I'm frustrated and depleted. And then the second one is scary and unable to be exhausted. But scary because what does it require me to do? It requires me to put my friendships, put my hopes, my dreams, my career, all these different things that supposedly bring me joy. And of course, fellowship is what, to me, fellowship is the uh, core element of community. And everybody longs, you've heard me say this before, Mm -hmm. everybody longs to belong. Mm -hmm. You know, I really believe that. Uh, You know, everybody wants to be accepted. Everybody wants to belong somewhere. Uh, to be part of, especially if it's something unique and different, like F3, still, yeah, it's getting known, but it's still underground enough where you're kind of like, F3, oh, F3 sticker, you know, whatever, you know, and (laughs) we have our language and we have all these things that separate us from the average male slothing through society, being friends with his wife's friends out of Mm -hmm. compulsion or necessity or whatever and the other thing and you know, having that, like, it's great to talk about sports, but when you exhaust sports um, and exhaust, um, I don't know, cars or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where where does the conversation go? Yeah. And I feel like F3, you know, can sometimes devolve to that, you know, like, oh, look what I did on Wednesday, what could I did on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But there's this stuff that's happening. And, you know, when somebody's hurting or whatever it is, um, that's to me honestly been the best part of F3 when I've been in need and when my friends including you have been in need you know we can without shame Mm -hmm. come to each other you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and uh, it's just something that very I don't know I think it's rare I think it's rare you know talk about gold being rare you know uh, happiness being rare Things like that. But I think friendship, loyalty, and resilience, you know, in a sense of like belonging, that's more rare. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And, and I think you hit on some good points there, especially this, this idea of, um, you know, when you exhaust, the, as, as, we, as we as men do, we have these compartments. I'll talk about this compartment. And th- these are the types of things that even I kind of you know, will do with, I hate to say it, like my, my wife's friends, husbands. Yeah. All right. Compartment number one. Tell me about what you do. Compartment yeah. number two, if you watch the the Duke game, you know, or the whoever basketball, what sports team is on today? Did yeah. you watch that game? Um, once you exhaust those, it's kind of like if you're not willing to go farther, if you're not willing to go deeper, which F3 prompts from that sense of um, exposure, right, and vulnerability, then those friendships aren't going to go anywhere. They're, they're not going to yeah. last. Right? Yeah, that's the one thing I would say, um, you know, F3, the F3 environment, not just the workouts, but the friendships, all that. It It's funny, like people, it's going to sound so stupid, but you know, when you're driving to work or driving wherever and you just see people driving and, you know, of course, vehicles, the people, the choice of vehicle, I mean, I'm not saying that it's a perfect window, but the choice of vehicle and how somebody behaves behind a wheel, mm-hmm. you know, I think are, can be kind of big indicators 
um, or at least decent indicators of what's going on in the heart and the head, sure, in the mind. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's sometimes I as guys drive by me, and it's no comment for anybody who owns a, a nice truck because I I am I'm in truck envy. <laughs> My wife can tell you I am constantly being like. Look at that truck. Look at that Jeep. Look at that, you know. Um, when am I going to build my vehicle for the apocalypse? You know, like I, I've definitely been training in my in my in my mental dojo for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like I often say, it's like what I've learned. If I'm going to say what I've learned from F3, like I'd summarize it in one sentence. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes I see these trucks go by, and they're tough. But I'd rather be a tough person mm-hmm. than have a tough truck. No, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Point. Yeah. Like money, fame, reputation, all that stuff can fade away. Yep. Especially with slippery choices mm-hmm. made in a moment in time because mm-hmm. we're human beings subject to uh, the whims, the whims, of, our the whims of, our, of the world and our emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, that has been – what do I, you know, I forget who said it. I don't know if it was like Lexington or somebody like that in, in the larger F3 mm-hmm. world. Org. Org, the Borg, that is F3, um, said, you know, they were asked. And, of course, somebody will probably know this, but they were asked, you know, hey, what are you, somebody's going by, what are you training for? And they're like, training for life. You've heard me quote that, <laughs> yeah. you know. And I, to me, man, I was like, that's it. Mm-hmm. What are we training for? Yep. Yeah, you know, I'm like, and it's funny. It's been reaching into my ability to make decisions in my workplace, mm-hmm. in my home life, how to be assertive. You know, have you ever done 15 different tasks at home, but yet you, when you're doing one task, you've walked by the other three tasks and not picked up that toy or not picked up, you know, or whatever, put away that dish, though you literally could have just easily just kind of like manipulated your body, picked up the dish, put it in a dishwasher, kept mm-hmm. on moving to do the other tasks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you're just talking about well, that's just efficiency and compression of tasks I'm talking about, but really not. Yeah, I, I think it very much is a, a sense of rejecting, a, rejecting an idea of passivity and being yeah. assertive. Right? Yeah, yeah. Removing. There's a CrossFit has this phrase, and you know, of course, CrossFit is the source of all wisdom. Um, but CrossFit has this phrase that I remember they used to say in in the, the box or in the gym. It says, "You're not moving the weight." But learning how to move around the weight across a plane to get it to a, to a place from point A to point B. You're learning how to move around the weight. So you're not just taking that, you know, whatever the weight is um, off the ground and jerking it above your head. You're learning how to manipulate, how to, how to let that weight, you know, using your strength in, in, in uh, agility to get around it so it can most easily get to that second place. Hmm. I mean, you never know where you get stuff. You know, sun, the sun shines on a dog's behind once in a while. And uh, as far as I say, my wife loves that phrase. I don't think she loves it, but I say it often. Oh, man, um, that's good. All right, so you you kind of alluded to this previously, um, and, and you brought it in with the fellowship aspect. And, and this was interesting. You're to the, the question that I'm going to ask is tell me about um, your faith before F3. You had kind of tied it into the fellowship aspect as well. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it inherently followed that same path of like, well, everything's kind of you know, not not so great. But, but tell me about what that was like before F3, before before you kind of um, got involved with this. Um, and, you know, I actually had a book on the market about my 
faith experience. Mm-hmm. Um, that you, got, I, you, you wrote a book? Mm-hmm. It's still available. You're kidding. It's still on. Yeah, I don't even like, haven't had any copies produced. I guess they still produce them. I don't even know. Like, I get, there's this little bank account. I don't even know what's in there. But I get a little royalty check, I guess, once in a while. Yeah. Um, but I took it off the market because my parents were all, you know, not feeling it because it didn't put them in the best light. <laughs> it was the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, we... You can only shine an apple or something else so much. Mm-hmm. Still going to be an apple. Yeah. The other object, which I'm not going to say because this is a family radio, family <laughs> podcast. Family po- you can only shine that so much. It's still smelly. Yeah. Um, you know, and the reality is, is that uh, I was raised, um, this is going to be a little churchy sounding, so I'm sorry, okay. but it's just the way it was. Um, but I was raised in... Um, sort of the evangelical mm-hmm. Pentecostal environment. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, like in any environment, regardless of whether it's the, the church or whether it's some secular institution or whatever, you know, bad parenting um, and opportunity for bad people to do bad things um, can uh, creep in there. Mm-hmm. And kids want to be loved and accepted yeah so when bad things happen to children that shame i call it the shame brigade oh. i was in the shame brigade for a long 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 time f3 i would be honest i'll be honest with you f3 is and some therapy has helped me out of the shame brigade mm-hmm. um but yeah i unfortunately i mean the truth of it is and it's going to sound shocking but the truth of it is is that you know unfortunately i was abused by church people mm and groomed for child prostitution Hmm. you know it's kind of a tough childhood yeah you know all cloak and dagger real dark stuff like hollywood level dark Hmm. stuff and you know by the grace of god you know like that was saved from it yeah and but you know out of that i couldn't believe in a loving god i couldn't believe in hope yeah in humanity getting any of the religious part yeah i couldn't even hope for that you know and so i don't know i just kind of like drifted yeah i drifted i i believed in a lot of things that are very popular right you hear sort of this popular sur- uh, uh whatever surge of um sort of humanism mm-hmm. and uh, secular humanism and all these different things and uh and atheism or agnosticism was like sort of like the I don't know. It seems like the standard. Even I know there's polls that say 70% of Americans or whatever believe, you know, in the deity and all that stuff. But, you know, if my opinion only, if we really believe those things, why would we, why would we live the way we do? Mm. You know what I mean? I think I know that I know the tug on my own heart to have things, to have wealth, to have, mm-hmm. you know, title, okay. all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know how, how endearing they can be to me, and I can only imagine that they're same or similar to others. Because mm-hmm. I only have my experience; I have no one else's experience to go by. Yeah. So, you know, part of me, you know, it just was driven by that, and so I would migrate. Part of my faith experience was just migrating to any group that would accept me. Yeah. And you know, of course, you know, you and that involved getting headlong into you know drugs, narcotics, and. I mean, I literally was, you know, became a social chameleon. This year, you know, these few couple years, you know, Jerry Garcia was awesome. You know, 
these couple of years, House of Pain was awesome, you know. <laughs> House yeah. of Pain was never awesome. It, it was, you know, <laughs> jump around, you know. Um, and, uh, of course, the better song was you know, Who is the Man, but you know, nobody really remembers that song too much. But anyway, so, you know, and I, you know, I went through my garage, you know, I had a garage metal days. I was in a, you know, garage metal band that never played a show. Uh, you know, I um, learned to play drums on the, uh, from and through a famous drummer, uh, um, gosh, man, Rod, John Parada. It was um, Mind Eraser, band Mind Eraser. And uh, he was also uh, he also used to play on and off with Megadeth. And, There's and so, a band I know. Yeah, some, you know, little, little Mall band. Mall Cop will enjoy that. Yeah. And so uh, I was exposed to some pretty amazing, I mean, I knew, I, I learned also from other drummers, you know, guys who used to play with Quiet Riot. And back in the day, you know, I'm aging myself there. Um child of the 80s and so in early 90s right and so but i also kind of like ended tailed you know in my search for happiness search for meaning mm-hmm. you know i ended up going headlong into the underground it's gonna sound so weird all in the same sentence all in the same couple sentences yeah. into the underground rave world of um new york city mm-hmm. and and the uh, new england mm-hmm. and uh ended up being part of a group of people you know um promoting raves and all that stuff and uh you know they uh made that terrible movie uh party monster where they where they killed the guy um the two drug the two drug users who party promoters killed their drug dealer and you know oh, filled, them, uh, yeah. f- okay. filled them full of uh liquid drano and then chopped them up and threw them in the hudson river and uh and so that but and i knew those guys i knew all of them wow i did drugs with all of them you know um and of course, I got sober, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it was interesting because, like, of the extraordinary abuse I suffered as a child, you think I would have feigned away from any environments that sort of like cloaked, mirrored, you know, those things. But for some reason, some way, I think that in order to even to get me to this current place, you know, in the current in my current world, I, in you know, investigate civil rights issues. Um, and it's interesting because it's kind of like I don't really have hardcore political beliefs one way or another, though some people might believe I do. But um, but I, I, I care about people mm-hmm. and their opportunity to, to wrong, right, or indifferent, regardless of what I would deem their activity as sin or acti- deem their activity as righteous, you know, whatever it is. Um, it's just really important to me that they have that opportunity to make that choice. Yeah. And so it gives me a lot of freedom in my job to not worry about all the semantics of like, well— you know, is this lining up with my political worldview or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and of course, like, we all want to presume what each other's disposition is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so part, you know, part of me, you know, was that search, that deep search. I um, was at a club, getting my groove on, and met a girl. She was a missionary dater, as I like to call them. And she uh, she wanted the bad boy. She was the good girl who wanted the bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for half a second, I think I was cool, and uh, apparently I could dance, according to her, which I think was a huge farce. Um, and uh, anyway, so out of that relationship, which she dumped me through an email when she was in Finland, which was really cool. Um, but out of that relationship, she's like a famous interior, what do they call that, um, architectural designer now in Atlanta. She's like super famous, apparently, and it's really cool. Um, but out of that relationship... Uh, she uh, introduced to me to to uh, 
the idea that no matter how far away I am from grace, hmm. that there's still hope. Grace being, in my book, defined as unearned favor, yeah. unearned acceptance. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that, that's how it started. And I started, you know, going. It was a terrible experience. I ended up getting into some early church environments that just, man, you know, like how, I don't know. I know that I was probably had some toxic stuff going on. And then, you know, of course, when you're toxic, toxic attack attracts toxic, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and so, you know, it was really, really for me, uh, faith F3, it's not, a, I mean, it is a faith environment. But what was very freeing for me as faith relates to F3 or prior to F3 as it becomes F3, whatever, mm -hmm. is then that people, you know, are have a lot of different views. Mm -hmm. But the commonality there, if they're of the, you know, of, these, of the same religion, it's not a religious organization. It's not, doesn't have the same creed and all that stuff. But, you know, those, there are people in F3 who do share the same faith worldview I do have as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And those relationships have been just unbelievable to help me separate the fallenness of man from the grace of God. Because yeah. I've been painting how God doesn't care about me and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like all that deflection activity. Instead of being like, okay, falling, where I'm a fallen person. That's a fallen person. That's a person who's redeemed. That's a, I'm a person who's being redeemed. And we can all kind of like push each other towards the, you know, what we're, you know, the uh, ideal, right? AKA mm -hmm. G-O-D. You know, like we can all point each other to that instead of looking at each other and doing the blame game yeah. at the righteousness scale of oh, yeah. good, bad, or indifferent. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, that's, that's kind of how it happened. You know, I went from abuse, terrible churches, terrible, more terrible churches, you know, long spans of atheism and agnosticism to, uh, being a superb dancer, finding a girl who was awesome for a New York minute and terrible for a long time after and uh, redirected me to, um, I don't know, man. Okay. I, I would say uh, the greatest faith moment in my life. I can, I can pinpoint it. Mm -hmm. I, can, I know exactly where it was. Mm -hmm. I was in Spain, in Madrid, in this little Irish bar called La Pantania. And uh, it's a cool bar. Oh, it's <laughs> owned by Spanish, uh, managed by Polish people, and but it's an Irish bar somehow. And um, <laughs> and I can just remember, like I'd kind of made some poor choices when I was I did my last semester in undergrad college there, and uh, that was a critical moment. Um, like I made some poor choices, you know, U.S. U.S. college kids abroad for months at a time nothing can go wrong and so sure you know we leave our moral suitcases at the airport and pick them up when we're coming back and uh and so i just made some poor choices you know with a bunch of other people and it was just weird i was waiting i had a couple more hours before my flight and i went to get to this this bar that was literally one block away from our flat there and i could just remember standing and the sun was just pouring in through the window and it was 11 30 you know before noon, but whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was 11.30, and uh, I can just remember it. Um, and it was all, all I could hear 
I know it's going to sound stupid and whatever, but at least my spiritual impression was, was like, God was like, you're still my son. You still, we're still good. I'm never going to stop being your father. Mm. And that moment was the beginning, I think, of a series of events that sort of got me to what we're part of now. Yeah. F3 and my own church community now. That's great, man. Th- thank you. Um, I hope that was not too much, but that a that much. was fantastic. No, and that again, you know, I told you I don't before, talk like about you, it too much. No, you, you, know you, you you share what you feel comfortable, and I think that's really impactful. Um, so thank you, thank you very much for for sharing all that. So so we know kind of some of the the transition stories in your background. Um, let let's let's switch gears for a moment now. So you've talked about your fitness before. We um you know you, you'd already kind of made athleticism or experience with athleticism kind of part of your background yeah um we knew about so your fitness you know about your fellowship and you, you mm-hmm. talked a little bit about your faith that sort of brought you to this point um let's talk about that that first workout long time eh you where was the workout at natty's hump natty's hump okay i guess that, first, kind of makes that makes sense it's a it was, big it's a big it's, wednesday it's the original i think it's the original I think it was their first AO. We'll have to we'll have to confirm I'm that. Pretty with, sure that with the Redwoods. With the I think Redwoods. Uh, that's of course you know the guy who was on here before me, the W O J O. No, Crawl Space was on. Oh, Crawl Space. You, you don't even keep up with the podcast. Oh, jeez. I have. It's not. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I can't help with Crawl Space does. But anyway, but where was it before him? Was yeah, Wojo now? was before him. Okay, so. sorry. You know, but Wojo. Yeah, I think that's what he told me. Um, but yeah, that was I can, I can remember being slow. Okay, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it was like they don't run in CrossFit. Yeah, <laughs> and I'd been at the Y sort of transitionally for a couple months, uh-huh. and I was really frustrated with that because, you know, I mean, I go into the Y, and of course, it's an automatic shot of self-esteem. I mean. <laughs> There's like the sne- silver sneakers crowd, you know, uh, and and you know they're doing all kinds of terrible and crappy movements on fixed machines. And mm-hmm. so there's no like, there's not near a burpee to be found. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? And everybody's like, you know, hey, Joan, hi, Bert, you know, how's it going? <laughs> Great. Good to see you. Ha ha. You know, saying something like weirdly sarcastic and they all, it's like mm-hmm. some weird 19, it's like, Mad, was it Mad Men, that show? 1950s 60s where they do that like, where they do like the uh the shows marketing? about yeah about marketing mm-hmm. like about like you know sort of flippant whatever conversations and sexism and all kinds of everything else are going on there and it's kind of like a lot of that going on except it's with old people <laughs> anyway it's just craziness and so that was very easy when i got invited i can remember a long time when he totally like um like it was an eh but it was almost like a headlock okay. and he first went through facebook <laughs> then he went. Then he saw me at the coffee station at church, you mm-hmm. know, because all the cool churches have coffee. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a social comment in there, you know. You know, you need caffeine to find Jesus. Is that what this is really about? Is he walking on the water with caffeine? I don't think he was. Or maybe he was. I don't know. He's Jesus. Yeah. He's probably like had a little thermos in the back before they had thermoses. Oh, that's terrible. But um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so he um. Then he just harangued me right there in mm-hmm. front of the coffee station, cup and cup, 
caffeine in hand. In front of your wife and kids and everything. Jesus. Yeah, in front of you know, Jesus and everybody. I always tell my kids, I'm like, you do that one more time, I'm going to spank you in front of Jesus and everybody. <laughs> you know, and uh, so, yeah. So he <laughs> mentally spanked me, shaming me that I was still, you know, sort of like doing the the YMCA thing. Mm-hmm. Um and it was easy to leave YMCA because have you ever been to the locker room? So that's automatic. Another conversation maybe for a future podcast. Why YMCA locker rooms are a place of shame and should be, you know, should be avoided at all costs. Um, so, yeah. So that's how that's how, that's okay. how it happened, man. So you're, you were at the Y. Um, he shamed you at church. You, you yeah. had given transition. No, he didn't really Y, shame but... me, but it was just more of an invitation. You should okay. try it. You know, then he flexes chest at me it was got really weird kind of did a side profile arnold style you know kind of the one and he, curl, he beat his he beat his chest and he said harambe right he did yeah yeah <laughs> we're kind of forever that's what he said before before we kind of existed you know um or at least before the popular people knew about it um yeah and that's how it happened it was great it was just a, sort of a small simple moment mm-hmm. I, I think it's like that a lot of things sure not to get off subject but i'll just say it off subject for half a second but you know, there's that old whatever, I don't know where it is, um, example or whatever it is, a story where you hear there's this big vessel. Mm-hmm. you got a little ladder and the ladder doesn't go all the way to the top, but just high enough where you can get your little bucket. You know, you get, you got a little bucket full of water and you got to fill the big cistern, right? Mm-hmm. And so you climb up the little ladder and you can't see the top of it. You just dump the bucket in. You go back and forth and you keep on dumping buckets of water in to, to the point where you don't know when it's full. Mm-hmm. You don't know when that cistern is going to be full, but then there's a magical point when it's like the water spills out the side of the big cistern. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the point of decision, mm-hmm. point of change. You filled up the gap. like, And for me, it was like, why the first two or three times he said it, I was like, eh, whatever, eh, whatever, you know, what is this? I'm intimidated by other people, you know, as much as I want to be social, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of men. Okay. It sounds stupid, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm afraid of people because, you know, you know, as they say in therapy, hurt people hurt people. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, when your worldview is like, I've experienced a lot of hurt and instead of giving it over to Jesus or whomever you're giving it over to, um, flying spaghetti monsters, whatever you do, you're doing, um, unless you're handing that over, you generally carrying it with you yeah and so you end up being like uh i forget it i forget his uh ebenezer scrooge's uh joseph marley marley yeah marley's yeah. like he's like man look how long these chains are you know what i mean <laughs> and he's like he's like you've got chains like twice as long you know, know buddy yeah. and uh and so i had the, all these sort of long chains okay life experiences regrets shame indecision all those things i was dragging around yep also, I dragged around all my supposed treasures, the things I thought I was good at or had self-esteem points earned through, um, everything that fades and never lasts. And so, like, that was um, that was kind of like a tipping point. Like, I kind of was like the Joseph Mar- – I was like, I guess, the um, Ebenezer Scrooge and, and – uh, Long time was my Joseph Marley. There you go. He was rattling some chains. <laughs> rattling some chains. just broke me. I was like, I got to change. All right. So I'm curious. Who named you? Do you remember who named you? Oh, man. It was like a chorus. Like, <laughs> a chorus. You know what? Now that, yeah, I, um, you know what? I'm going to go back. I think it was Fenceline, man. I think I showed up first at Fenceline. Okay. 
I think I, I honestly I do think it was. I think it was under the under the big mitt regime. Mm-hmm. You know, do you know if you ever been the big mitt? He used to go to the workouts, and he was pretty much like the wicked of of fence line. Okay, where he was leading, you know, because nobody was like really stepping up and leading enough. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, but it was that uh, yeah, they just sort of like. What do you do for a living? You know, that typical question, which my question always is, why? You always know my question. What's your favorite movie? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Duh. Don't, don't go with the job. <laughs> yeah, don't go with the job because that was too easy, you know, because mm-hmm. people and, – and so, yeah, so he um, – they just, you know, asked that preliminary question. It was like literally like – I think I said I investigate slumlords, investigate, you know, bad housing providers, whatever, primarily, and they're like just like – like a sort of a winding up wind that you hear coming like through you know through the trees <laughs> oh, oh, lord it was yeah and it was like that simple and it just stuck but of course then it's migrated into and of course you even address me in some of the different variations the little sebastian slummy slumdog millionaire mm-hmm. and there's like 15 others oh yeah um you know anyway so uh it's just unbelievable how many different variations somebody can make of a name, but anyway, so they 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 have, and you know that naming uh, is funny. I you're sitting in my office with all these, you see all these binders around me. These are all cases and uh, things like that, and so yeah, it's really a big part of my life. So it's weird how like my name is completely tethered mm-hmm. to my daytime mm-hmm. thing too. Yeah. You know. Um, I, I like my name. It, it's kind of regal in a weird way, kind of terrible in another. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So running out of time a little bit, but let, let's do this. Let's uh, let's kind of summarize. So let's backtrack. We've talked about your fitness before. We've talked about your fellowship. We've talked about your faith. And, and we've kind of come long stretches on some of those. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's take... Let's take a moment and, and let's talk about what those things have been like since F3. We'll, we'll sort of we'll jam it all together. What is What has your fitness been like since F3? What's your fellowship been like? What's your faith been like since F3? I, you alluded to a lot of these earlier when we were talking about them anyway. Um, but let's let's kind of hone in on those. Um, well, the fitness part's easy. The fitness part was I started coming out in – you know, getting dogged in the beginning, mm-hmm. probably like everybody. No, oh, yeah. And eventually, you know, developed endurance and stamina and all that stuff like that. Then all of a sudden, I was like, "Wow, I'm in the, I'm in the shit." You know, whatever. Maybe you never make the sugar egg. It's and this is where it's going to all come together in a second. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I felt maybe that I was part of that sugar ray sort of group mm-hmm. you know people that are sort of like this first four or five guys that are always finishing you know that yeah. are running a little faster and you know not getting as tired and all that stuff fast forwarding what's happened for me is i stopped looking left you know um i don't know if you ever seen chariots of fire this is a xerox reference right here xerox you know mac aka mac yeah. Graham, the invincible nickel six you know nickel six uh, who's also guy, the jester by the, the way jester. it was a different conversation for a different time that mask thing must be found and burned um <laughs> anyway so you know just saying it out loud just yeah. so people know anyway it's my feelings about it so uh one of the things you know with that is uh that's a joke out of the gomer to get outside mountain Re- mountain relay i ran this one leg and it was like a great leg 
and what made it great is because it was a lot of downhill mm -hmm. and a dog chased me during it. Huge <laughs> dog. This dog chased everybody up there. And uh, anyway, and so I literally ran like, I think my average was like 713 a mile in the mountains. It was and it was a seven mile run. So it was like not a short run. Yeah. And, and I got back and I was like, it was like, chair, it's a fire out there. And of course, like then from then on, periodically I hear in the background, Chariots of Fire theme song playing from a different tent and whatever. That's another conversation. But what happened is that I was sort of like in that movie, Chariots of Fire. What happens is in a couple of different points in the movie, the guy, the main, one of the main characters looks left or looks right, whatever he does. He basically looks to the other person. Mm -hmm. to decide where he should be mm -hmm. is, is he ahead enough yeah. is he going to get caught is that person going to catch up and pass him yep. and so what's happened for me I started off just happy getting there suffering happy to be there looking left and right for a while mm -hmm. you know and even being jealous of other people not just because they could do more push-ups or they could be faster or whatever sometimes it was like or even still I have to kind of like check myself and say that person seems very popular. Mm. That person seems well liked. Yeah. When they go on Twitterverse, look at all the likes they get. You know those self. self I don't know what you're talking affirmation about. Affirmation points. Those yeah. affirmation stars. Um. Anyway, now I'm finally getting to a place where I'm okay if I'm slower mm -hmm. than that person next to me. I'm okay. I'm going to focus on doing it right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and offering up what I'm doing out in the darkness, out in the gloom, or whatever you want to call it, I'm offering that up as part of my life sacrifice. Mm -hmm. My offering, mm -hmm. I know that's going to sound like this, but mm -hmm. my offering mm -hmm. of my strength and weakness and everything over to something bigger than myself. It's migrated mm -hmm. from meism mm -hmm. to, you know, the big guy. Sky Q. Mm -hmm. It's kind of moving towards that direction. Now. Yeah. That's great, man. It's kind of where I'm... The trajectory. I'm not saying I'm there. Oh, no. We're ne we're never there. It's kind of like communism. It never really existed. <laughs> it's just socialism getting closer and closer and closer. You know, it's a joke. <laughs> but I mean, like, if you study... I studied political philosophy mm. in uh, European history in undergrad mm. and, uh, and uh, formal logic. Okay. Super nerdy. About as nerdy as you could do. Nerd. Almost. Almost. You know. Look how it worked out for my job. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, thank you for sharing all of that, man. I mean, that that's really incredible. Um, is there anything that you would want to, um, that you'd want to leave for the guys listening? What would you want to leave for them, um, if you could? Um, I think the most important thing to focus on in F3 is not how fast you go, uh, how many times you serve. You know, it's, it's service is important. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of volunteerism, not because I want to pat myself on the back or say it in front of this mic because you should know I do that, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, there goes my extra room in the mansion in the sky. Um, swimming pools next door, you know. <laughs> um, so what I think the most important thing to leave them with is that they make themselves available mm -hmm. to their brother, you know, and the, you know, their F3 brothers, but anybody, you know, like 
There's nothing more valuable than being present, available, and helpful. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a reciprocal. I think there's a return on that. Mm-hmm. That we, yeah, we, yeah, we can measure. Well, then I, when I'm in need, they help me. Sure. But I give to get. Yeah, right. you know that whole thing. Um, but honestly, I'm pretty convinced about the eternal return at this point. I mean, I don't see. I haven't seen it. Hence, why we call it faith versus like. You know, yeah. if what's in front of me, materialism. And so, uh, you can tell I have a philosophy degree. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, no, I um, I think that's the most important thing that I could say to somebody is uh, stop, you know, just get out there. But I think more important to be there. And the biggest, the best parts of F3 have not been in the workouts for me, mm-hmm. but in those little moments, those little, those lunches, those moments, the funny road trips to the mountain races or where we're going that day. Um, those have been the moments, man. By that's, far. that's great. Well, Sony, thank you very much again. Thank um, you. Guys, that, that pretty much wraps up episode four. Um, thank you guys again for listening. Sony, um, the new how, hope. How, how, <laughs> the new hope. How, um, how would guys get a hold of you if they needed to? You are on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's at Hunt R. Is that what it is? At Hunt LNR. That's that sounds right. Does that sound right? LNR. Put up on the com- computer. The Computron. Yeah, the Computron. Um, so if you need to get a hold of him, he is on Twitter at Hunt LNR. I will include him um, in the tweet when this goes out. Yeah, he's doing it right now. Uh, oh, let, let's he's confirm. Doing it right now, it's confirmed. It is at, at Hunt LNR. So it's H U N T A L L E N R. Right. I'm rich that I'm not. <laughs> I'm rich in favor from the Lord, but not in money. Um, but that's okay because uh, you know we can't take it with us. <laughs> that's true. You know. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much again, Slummy. And uh, guys, hope you enjoyed listening. We'll uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Yammer. If you're interested in sharing your F3 story, reach out to us at f3americanyammer at gmail.com. Again, that's f3americanyammer at gmail.com or on Twitter at f3americanyammer. Until next time, stay sharp and we'll see you in the gloom.